You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the podcast. And Brian, as is typical on Thursdays, we open up the mailbag. Our listeners responded with all kinds of questions we'll get into ahead on today's show. But what else are we planning on covering? Jake, it's time to know our foe. San Diego State Aztecs are out to steal our gold at the University of Utah and it must be protected. So we're going to get to know the Aztecs a little bit and figure out what exactly their plan of attack might be and how they are to be defeated. Yeah, hopefully. that, that That's what we will endeavor to do today. <laughs> but, of course, I want to remind you guys, there's no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. It is hosted by Cindy Robinson and Brian Brown from time to time. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, well, without further ado, let's get rolling here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for September 16th, 2021. Once again, you are Locked On Utes. This is your only daily podcast focused on University of Utah Athletics. I'm Jake Hatch, joined as always by my fearless co-host and the man who is celebrating his birthday, Brian Brown. Happy birthday, yeah, my dude. Bir- my, thank you. My birthday is actually Wednesday, which is when we record this. So if anybody wishes me a happy birthday on Thursday, you're getting blocked. Uh, that being said, thank you everybody for the shout outs. It's it's always a humbling experience to know what kind of an impact you have on people uh, when you're just like an idiot that likes to talk into a microphone a lot. And I'm talking about me because that's definitely not Jay Catch. Jay Catch is, is the one that we bring in here for credibility and validity. Oh, yeah. Credibility and validity. That That's exactly what we're going for. Blue check mark Jake Hatch is on the podcast. Show us the verified section, Jake. Come on. I'll have to show you sometime. I'll have to, I'll have to pull it up and we can take a look at it. But anyways, uh, just send Brian like a happy belated birthday, everybody. Just do it. Just do it. Even if you get blocked, it's worth it. Brian's just shaking his head at me right now. But anyways, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't done so already, make sure to follow the show on whatever podcast provider you happen to be listening to us on. Uh, We are noticing that thousands of you are checking us out recently. And if you guys want to be the smartest Utah fans out there, well, we recommend you listen to us every single day. So hit that follow button and make sure you tune in every single weekday as we talk all things Utes. All right, Brian, let's start off today with... Knowing our foe, speaking of Utah and getting to know San Diego State, and I think my overall concern going into this game, Brian, and maybe I'm uh, bear- not, well, not burying the lead, maybe I'm just kind of just getting this out ahead of maybe where you wanted to talk about it. My concern going into this matchup is the reputation for San Diego State and their M.O. under Rocky Long and now Brady Hoke has been to run the football and run the football a lot. And what happened last Saturday night was the BYU ran the football, they ran it a lot, and Utah wilted in the second half. I have massive concerns that Utah could go to Carson, California, to Dignity Health Sports Park, and find themselves in a little more of a dogfight than maybe we all anticipated going into the season. 
Yeah, and that's always the concern when you see a team play in a style that you're not used to, right? Uh, I think the important discrepancy with these kinds of situations is to clarify what was it about BYU's game plan and what was it about uh, their style of play that was effective against Utah and can San Diego State replicate it, right? So when we talk about run games, and not all run games are created equal, right? Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about the, the wide zone that BYU ran, and they've been super effective in that for a long time. I think it's really a uh, a strength of, of former offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes and, and Aaron Roderick has adopted and embraced it. They knew it was going to work well against Utah because – they're getting those defenders flowing from side to side, wearing them down, just like they did. Can San Diego State execute, you know, wide zone against the Utah team that's now fired up and 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 the nest bees nest has been stirred? That'll be the question, right? Now, now if you're going to go try and go up and down against, you know, straight up and down power run game, maybe we get a different result, right? And I think there is some questions to be asked about, you know, health regarding the San Diego State roster as well. Yeah, that is, that is a great question right there because Jordan Brookshire, we do not know his status going into this game. Of course, he is the starting quarterback for San Diego State, has handled all of the snaps so far this season. And uh, in all honesty, Brian, I'm looking at the, the box scores in their first two games, speaking of San Diego State, against New Mexico State. Jordan Brookshire, 6 of 19 passing. Yes, 6 completions, 76 yards, no touchdowns against one interception. Then against Arizona, a big win for the Aztecs, he was a grand total of 10 of 14, so an improvement there, 183 yards, two touchdowns against zero interceptions. I've also seen him play in other games. It's very much feast or famine for him. So without him, it looks like Lucas Johnson will be under center, and he has thrown a grand total of one pass this season, and that's got to be a concern if you're a San Diego State fan. A little bit. And and really, uh, this team is built to run the football mm. across the board. And they're going to pressure you on defense. And I think that's the, the next question to ask about this Aztec team. Can they replicate some of the stuff that BYU did on Saturday? And I think the answer is it's, it's very potentially possible, right? It was blitzing to spots. It was disrupting the Utah offensive line. Now, they're going to have... The Utah will have the, I guess, advantage maybe, or we'll talk about silver lining is probably the better phrase of having seen it already once this week and knowing that now everybody's going to come after him with this. But that's only one part of this this cookie equation, Jake. You know, like it's it's that's the chocolate chips. We still need the actual cookie, which is to execute it in game. That's the bigger concern. I think it's twofold for me when you look at this game. Is Utah going to actually do something with their game plan? And if I'm sounding snarky, it's kind of because I am. I'm really frustrated by it. Um, I'm really frustrated with what they're doing offensively. This is not the kind of offense that I expected to see. The lack of creativity is very surprising, disappointing, I think, to a degree. Um, I think that Andy Ludwig is a better offensive coordinator than that. Uh, that's I, I'm with you on that. You hope to see some more ingenuity. And obviously the one thing I think that, that will not be as big of an issue is Kyle Whittingham said after the game, Lavelle Edwards Stadium is maybe the loudest he had ever heard it as both a player and as a coach. And he's coached a lot of games down there and played a lot of games down there. I can tell you this much. Playing in Carson, California, where the LA Galaxy play, you're going to have uh, far less fans than you would typically for a regular San Diego State home game. And San Diego State home games for football are a far cry from anything that BYU will put on the field. So the communication issues that Nick Ford indicated were an issue for the offensive line communicating their calls, that should not be a problem Saturday. 
No, it really shouldn't. Uh, and I think the biggest thing for the University of Utah is just that this is an opportunity for them to dispel a lot of the whispers and everything like that. So mm-hmm. what you're going to see is, you know, Nick Ford uh, explained something in the media, caught a lot of blowback for it. Is is Nick going to emerge as a leader, overcome that, you know, uh, uh, let's call it a hullabaloo. You know, that that's a fun one. Um, I not, like that Not word. quite a kerfuffle. But a hullabaloo, is he going to be able to overcome that hullabaloo and really play up to his potential? Because, you know, we're both big fans of what Nick Ford can do. We just haven't seen it yet. Um, And some of that is part of player development. You know, you expect a player like Nick Ford, four-year starter, to come in and execute immediately. And, and, you know, every season is different because sometimes there are lessons to learn and sometimes they pop up at the weirdest times, you know. Uh, That's part of life. Uh, But I don't want to get too deep into that because this is not life advice. This is know your foe. Um, And I think that's... You know, we'll see because Utah, some of this is about knowing San Diego State and some about is, is knowing yourself as the foe because that's really what costs Utah the game. And, and I don't mean that to take away from what BYU did, but Utah did nothing to counter. You know, they sat there and they just took punch after punch after punch and thought BYU was going to wear themselves down. And I even thought that's what was going to happen, and it didn't. And then, yeah, you got to give a little bit tip of the cap to BYU because, as you mentioned, you thought, okay, maybe they'll punch themselves out. They never did. I, I am concerned, and just one other note I'm going to make here in terms of San Diego State, and we'll talk more about this on tomorrow's show. We'll get to our questions here in a moment. But the average through two games for San Diego State rushing the football, 267 yards through two games. That's their average per game. You cannot afford to have them do that against Utah because they're all about ball control. They want to shorten games. They want long, methodical drives that they cap off with touchdowns. And if that's the case, Utah can find themselves in an absolute dogfight. I would expect that Utah, as you mentioned, Brian, is going to be far more fired up than typical for a game that you maybe would expect against San Diego State just simply due to the fact that they're upset that they went to BYU, took those punches, and were sent home in it with a loss. I think they're going to go to San Diego State trying to prove something here, and I've got a lot of confidence that Kyle Whittingham will have the troops ready to go. Yeah, and, and, and here's the bottom line is that San Diego State has the same film that, that Utah just put mm-hmm. out there, right? So Utah knows what they're going to try and attack, and, and so the goal here is to – to put guys in positions to succeed while also having a counter built in. Uh, you want to g- these guys to get their confidence, their mojo back. So you're, you're here's the risky part, right? Like if you're going to do something like that, then the thought process is, okay, well, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to make sure that guys execute. You don't want to install a game plan that's exactly identical and just say, hey, just do it right this time. Mm-hmm. So you have to strategize in ways that you can balance out the game plan with some – uh, let's some nets, safety nets, yeah. right? So if things get a little wonky, but you don't want those safety nets to be things that are so obvious that it's like, hey, we don't trust you. Figure it out. Otherwise, we're going to have to do this. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and so that's up, that's up to the coaching staff to really do a good job coaching him up this week. But the good news, I think, Jake, as we talk about this vaunted San Diego State rushing attack, Utah's got a pretty good rushing attack of their own. They do. Hold on to the ball. That's the biggest thing with the rushing attack. Hold on to that football. And I'm only pointing at you, Tavion Thomas, because you're the poster child right now for that. Yeah, yeah. You're leading the team in turnovers, and that's not a good thing. Uh, you know, I I don't really count the one Charlie Brewer interception against Weber State as an interception because he was just throwing it up at the end of the half. So he's got one. Tavion's got two. Almost had three. Knuck, knuck if you buck, my brother. Wrap that football up tight. 
No doubt about it. All right, so we'll get to more of that on tomorrow. We'll talk probably more about personnel to know from San Diego State ahead of that game on Saturday. But coming up in just a moment, we open the mailbag. We're answering your guys' questions you submitted on Twitter at LockedOnUtes. We'll dig into that in just a few moments. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Rock Auto. Brian, you and I have both been guys who have used this resource before. The most important thing I think we need to pass along to people about Rock Auto is their overarching goal is to save our customers both time and money when they're taking care of their vehicles. That's the biggest thing. You know, you can treat it as a hobby. You can treat it as a retirement plan. However you want to call it, Jake, you're going to have to pay for repairs at some point. So you can either go pay Chester uh, down the street 150 bucks an hour to go fix the rig, or else you can get the parts at a discount, save that 150 bucks in your own pocket, go buy yourself some built bars or something like that with all that extra cash, then get healthy have a good hobby, and you know you're supporting a great family-owned business with rockauto.com that's been doing this thing right for 20 years. Yeah, that's the best part about it. So make sure you go over to rockauto.com and check out all the selection available for your vehicle. While you're there, make sure to put locked or locked on or locked on Cougars in the box that says, how did you hear about us? So we can get some credit for sending you guys over there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's rockauto.com. It is time to open the mailbag and address your questions you submitted via social media. Please follow the show, by the way, on social media. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnUtes. Brian's work is available at Brown Bear SLC. And my work, if you want kind of more of my sports thoughts on all things sports, I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. But Brian, let's start off with an interesting question from Reagan Duckworth. And I think it's one that's very pertinent to some online conversations that have ensued this week on social media. Yeah, it's a great question from Reagan, and shout out to him. He is a big listener of the podcast. Really appreciate that. He said, I enjoyed the discussion re-leadership on today's show. Does it help if every position group has a leader? If so, who is that or should it be? Who should it be on the offensive line? Um, I want to get your thoughts on this first, Jake. What do you think? Well, I think we can all think of a leader in all all of the different position groups for Utah. Linebacker, it's Devin Lloyd. Nephi Sewell is probably the number two guy there. Wide receiver, it's Britton Covey. Plain and simple. I think quarterback, Charlie Brewer, just simply due to the fact he's QB1, he is the guy there. Running back, it's Mekhi Bernard. I, I think it's it's very evident there. Tight end, Brant Keithy. Uh, so you can see there's very definitive, I think, leaders at each of these positions. Offensive line-wise, though, I think most people will default to saying it should be Nick Ford. But I'm of the opinion here, Brian, that it needs to be somebody else on that offensive line who steps forward, that becomes, I guess, that vocal leader. Because Nick Ford's going to do his thing, and he leads more by example rather than uh, by speaking out. And he'll get after his guys, there's no doubt about that. But I think they need to find somebody, let's say it's a Jaron Kump, let's say it's, I don't know, Sadaoa Laumea, one of these other offensive linemen need to kind of take that step forward and say, no, I can be that guy. Yeah, it, it, leadership is about relationships, right? And relationships with your teammates uh, come from them buying into what you're doing to, to improve, to to lead the way, so to speak. And I think Nick Ford has always kind of been out there ahead of the pack in a lot of respects. He's incredibly intelligent, athletic, everything like that, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't mean, and, and he does play the center position, and, and he does have to communicate a lot. 
Uh, I think that there needs to be so to just double back. Uh, does it help if every position group has a leader? It's essential. Yeah. Like every group, every room has to have a leader. Uh, that leader doesn't have to necessarily be a team leader, like you talked about with Britton Covey or Devin Lloyd, right? No, but they, you need to have somebody who is kind of that alpha of the group that just kind of leads them forward. Yep, yep, yep. And I think, you know, the safety position is one that where you're kind of looking for Vontae Davis to take a step forward. You're looking for Brandon McKinney to get more comfortable and, and not just lead by example, uh, but also lead by play, right? Yes. And I think that more than anything is what you're looking for on the offensive line. You don't need the guy who's going to get up there and yell and scream at everybody and get on him. What you're looking for is the guy that's going to hold everybody accountable by his play, by the lever, level of effort that he's putting into it, and by executing and getting their jobs done. And I think it's got to be five leaders for that offensive line group this week especially. Oh, I, I agree with you on that. And that's that's the most important thing is you just have these guys. They just, you know what, each of them should feel like, okay, I need to step forward and be the guy this week. Yep, and, and I do want to shout out Braden Daniels because he's been one of the highest-graded offensive linemen for the University of Utah. Yeah. And as much as we talk about Nick Ford, Braden D Daniels deserves some love, but he also has to feel empowered to be one of those leaders out there. He, these guys, I think, rely a little too heavily on Nick Ford to be the guy and to be their swagger because it comes so naturally to Nick. It's time for some of them to step up and take leadership responsibility as well. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And Braden Daniels, I think, is actually a guy that probably should think, okay, no, I can be that guy. I can step forward because it's much easier to lead from the front. And as you mentioned, he's one of the highest rated, if not the highest rated linemen so far this season uh, for Utah. So obviously you expect him, obviously, to maybe think, okay, this is my time. This is my time to step forward and be the guy. So we'll see how that goes. On to other questions here, Brian. Let's open up the mailbag. Let's start off with a fun one. Our good friend Christian Judd. What did Jacob get you for your birthday? Do you want to answer that? Yeah, it was actually a very lovely rendition of uh, If I Were a Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof. And let me tell you, gang, you think that Jacob Hatch has chops when it comes to radio, podcasting, sports media coverage. It pales in comparison to his potsy. I, I, I love playing Tevia, man. Come on. I'm, I'm all about that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, other gifts are, by the way, in the mail, so stay tuned for that. All right. Other questions here. Uh, question for Phil in the blank. What happened to your account the other day? And the short answer, I think I'm going to answer this for both of us, Brian, is we're not exactly sure. Plain and simple. <laughs> we're still trying to figure it out, but we're back now. The internet happened, Jake. Yeah, the, the internet, internet is this this weird uh, expanse where sometimes things just disappear randomly and then reappear. You know, it's funny that IT guys and everything like that always reassure me. Oh yeah, this is foolproof. Oh, and as sure as soon as that happens, it's usually when things start disappearing. Uh, if anybody out there is, works in IT and can answer some questions for me, I do have some questions because my current IT team that I work with on almost a day-to-day -day basis has been failing me in multiple instances, but that's neither here nor there. We'll move on from that. All right, other questions coming in here. Uh, Jess C. at 1585, and she says, I love Harding. Uh, speaking of Jim Harding, we'll defend him all day, but my knowledge is lacking on the O-line. Who is going to step up to fix this? Well, I think that kind of goes back to the leadership thing we were just talking about, Brian, is you just need these guys to take ownership of their position and their position group and say, you know what, we need to get in sync. We need to get on the same page, and we need to perform better. 
Yeah, you do. And and I, I, I Harding's always going to be the first candidate to be the fall guy, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm not here to stand up and tell people, you know, buy into Jim Harding or or don't buy in. That's your decision. I'm not here making the decision to fire him. I'm just going to talk about what I see. And what I see is that Jim Harding has had a very productive career at the University of Utah, developing offensive linemen and placing them in the NFL. They're littered all over the place. So maybe the issue isn't so much with the development of players as it is uh, how they fit into the scheme together, at which point it becomes a Harding and uh, Andy Ludwig issue. Mm -hmm. And how are we designing our plays and and executing the plays in a way that are going to help our guys to be successful? Um, And then the next step is, you know, these guys have to step up and play. I think one thing that we look at with this offensive line, we say, well, but they're returning guys, so they should be better. Are they? Because they started two freshmen on Saturday, and we kind of neglect the fact that they've only played in five games. They haven't even played in a full season, really. And Jaron Kump is coming off an injury. Satawa Lomeo is coming off an injury. Uh, you know, I, I, Bam Olasheni has stepped up. So, so props to Bam, but he's still making some of those knickknack mistakes. Uh, Simi Muala. You know, I keep hoping that someday the light is going to come on, as Kyle Whittingham says for for Simi. He looked like the effort was better. I saw him be more active in his pass protection uh, against BYU. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just you've got to play through it and, and you've got to be disciplined in what you're doing. And, um, you know, more than anything, I think we're starting to see it pop with Braden Daniels, right? Yeah. Um, but those guys have to buckle down and get it done. It, it's it's up to the guys on the field once the whistle blows, once the ball is kicked, all that kind of stuff. When the clock starts, there's no more excuses for the guys in the box. It's all about the dudes on the field. No doubt about that. All right, we got a few more questions to answer ahead on today's show that we'll get to here in a moment. Jess has got a few more that we'll touch on, and also one from Matt that I love looking forward to each week, and we'll, we'll hit that one here in a moment as well. Uh, first, though, let's talk about sweat block over there, Brian. You and I are both guys who we sweat, plain and simple, and I think all human beings sweat, but if you want to avoid those embarrassing situations where you pull a Sean Miller, for lack of a better term, and you, you pit out, sweat block is here for you. Yeah, Jake, we're outside a lot, and then I'm not going to lie to people. You know, it, it gets hot out there for a big guy like myself, and, and this product was created for people like me who, uh, you know, I liked. I'm wearing a nice Columbia blue T-shirt tonight, mm-hmm. and how embarrassing would it be is if I lifted my arms up and there were just nasty, gross pit stains. Also, it's nice to be dry. Nobody wants to be wet. You know, if you want to be wet, go to Florida and be soaked in your sweat all day long, right? But even down there, sweat block is going to be your solution. So this is one of those things. Don't don't feel bad about it. Don't be shy about it. We all sweat. It's a simple solution. One wipe once or twice a week right before you go to bed. You'll be dry until the next week. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible, Brian. So we want you guys to go check it out. They're available on Amazon, and currently Sweatblock is number one in the Amazon antiperspirant category. And it's a big thank you, I think, to all of you, our listeners. We'll keep them there and go order your Sweatblock. Now, you can go and get 20% off at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Place that order at Amazon. And it's also available on shelves at your local CVS pharmacy as well. So once again, that 20% off at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, one more time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Brian, I know you have been a big fan of this website, so have I. What I love about it is they've actually updated the website. The interface is all new, and it's kind of making the experience just, it's almost like a new website, but it's the same old features and even some expanded features in some cases. 
Yeah, that's the best part. They just made it easier to find everything on there. And so those of you who are out there trying to do this thing for the very first time and are a little intimidated, don't actually know where where or what or how to find things, they've made it nice and simple for you and for good reason because there's a lot of fun to be had over there at Bet Online, Jake. Uh, and, and you can make... Uh, you, you get a nice little bonus if you go over there, like you said, on your mobile device or, or your your uh, computer and sign up. Yeah, it's a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that, folks. It's free money to play with. So from football to basketball, boxing to everything else, even right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends over at Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, before we go on today's edition of the show, you need to finish going through the mailbag here, Brian. And let's start off with another question from Jess C1585. And she asked this question Was Blake Freeland that big of a loss, or was that just a one off? And uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, finish that one out. I'm just going to say one thing. Many of you know that I happen to host a certain other podcast that covers BYU, and I can tell you this much. Blake Freeland has a family, and his parents are both former BYU student-athletes, and I felt like if he went anywhere other than BYU, I felt like his parents may have you know, just disowned him. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, and, and that's not to say that Utah wasn't interested or anything like that. He went up there, he did some tests. Utah said that his testing was off the charts. Uh, I think at the time, they just liked different prospects more. Uh, now, has, has Blake Freeland done a good job down at BYU? Absolutely. Um, Blake, right? Or Blake Rock? Freeland. What? Blake Freeland. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Too much birthday cake on on this day, Jake. Uh but you know this is this is the tricky part about recruiting, right? Is it's all about projections, and and certain things can be projected. Now, part of this is that we haven't really seen the players that Utah's taken in place of Blake yeah. play because they already had guys in front of them, right? Yep. That was always the goal, and and uh, hmm, I'm going to open up a thicket of of thorny uh, things here with uh, with this topic, but. When Utah lost the six or seven offensive linemen to medical retirements over a two- or three-year stretch, it's it's now that we're starting to see that thing fill in, right? Like, it shouldn't be that – if you look at the best offensive linemen in the Pac – offensive lines in the Pac-12, they're all starting juniors and seniors for the most part, right? You might mix in a freshman or a sophomore here or there, but UCLA, you're got three or four-year uh, starters across the board for them, Right. Oregon, two-year starters across the board for them, but they're all upperclassmen, you know. So you don't want to see freshmen and sophomores starting on your offensive line. It's a developmental position. And so Utah has just barely started to rebuild that ladder to the point of where, like, the Simi Moalas are now juniors and able to start. Um, you know, that rule is being a little bit tested with Jaron Kump and, and Satawa Lomea, who are freshmen, but just played that well that they've emerged. And so I don't know that it's necessarily a miss yet. Uh, we'll find out when when Utah graduates this next round of tackles and the next round step, steps up. Yeah, that, that's the thing about that is the old old adage is get old, stay old, and that is a particular advantage, especially along the offensive front. And there's no doubt about that. All right, a couple more questions here. One final one from Jesse with Mason Tufanga and Ethan Calvert being such high profile athletes. Is it concerning we have not seen them, or is this more of a redshirt play for both players, Brian? 
Well, Ethan Calvert's played a little bit on special teams, as as has Mason Tufanga. Uh, what we have to ask ourselves here is just how much can you rotate guys, number one? Do you want to take Devin Lloyd off the field to put in Mason Tufanga or Ethan Calvert? Because I sure don't. And then secondly, you know, do either of those guys play the rover linebacker position? They do not, right? No. So you're not going to take Devin Lloyd off the field to put in Ethan or Mason, and they're not stud backers. Now everybody's asking, why is Hayden Fury playing? Well, Hayden Fury is a stud linebacker, and stud linebackers are usually a little bit thicker, a little bit stiffer, and I want to connect this dot, giant dot for everybody because we all look at Trevor Riley and say, well, Trevor Riley played every position on the field. Trevor Riley was a freak of nature. Those people do not exist on this planet. Uh You know the other guy who played every single position on a college football field? Brian Urklocker. He's in the freaking Hall of Fame. So let's calm down a little bit on this whole linebackers can play every position stuff and offensive linemen can play every position stuff just because nick ford did it once doesn't mean everybody can i'm getting all agitated for no bad for no good reason but um so that's what's going on with that it's 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 bizarre when you don't think about it in terms of like a mike has a set responsibility on the field right and we Mm -hmm. could spend an hour talking about that yeah there's no doubt about that I, i think you're dead on with that brian it's just one of those things you just cannot afford to take a guy like Devin Lloyd off the field to make room for one of these other guys. All right, final question before we go here. Coming from our friend Matt, over, under, one and a half, thick boy, seven touchdowns. Brian? Matt Nightbar, thank you for entering the chat. What do you know, Matt? Yeah, what do you know that we don't? Matt, what do you know? Tell us, Matt. Share with the class. Uh, I'm actually going to go under that. Yeah, I'm I'm going under as well. It's not because I don't think he's going to get in or because he's not going to score. It's because I just don't think he's going to score two. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that. But, of course, we'll find out on Saturday. There's no doubt about that. All right, Brian, before we go, any parting shots, thoughts, or wisdom that you'd like to instill upon our listeners? Oh, Jake, you know me. I never have anything like that to share with our our listeners. I never have any inspirational quotes. Uh, You know, just be the best that you can be because you can only be me. I like that. I like that. Well, happy birthday once again, my friend, and of uh, many happy returns to you. And hopefully this next year is full of lots of joy and lots of Utah football wins, right? We just got to get 10 more, Jake. That's it. That's the goal right there. All right, that'll do it. A big thank you once again for your guys' support of the podcast, as always. And until next time, hope you guys are all doing well. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for September 16th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.